Morning, everyone. Happy Monday to you here on Tradies News in a nutshell. Daniel Pedgrew back with you on this Monday, the 20th of March, 2023. Hope you all had a good weekend. Good to be here for the full hour this morning, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Phone number still the same, 1300 01 1170. You can send a text anytime throughout the show, 0457 736 736 if you want to get involved. All before breakfast with Vossie and Brandy in an hour's time. Queensland listeners, you'll get the first hour of Vossie and Brandy and then Patterny Hills along at 6 a.m. local time. Well, another huge weekend of sport. We'll get stuck into it in just a second. Plus, considering here for the full hour on a Monday, which is not uh, always the case, we'll have a chat with Chris Perkins on a Monday uh, this week. Give him a bit more time instead of squeezing him in between uh, the start of the show and uh, John Gallo talking football tomorrow. So uh, we'll have a chat with Chris Perkins on the show in about 15 or 20 minutes. But really want to hear from you uh, this morning. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 01 1170 open line number or 0457 736 736. The Hot Topic. Thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rain. Yeah, built tough for Aussie conditions. Ask your plumber for Australia's favourite and install a ream. Uh, all right, uh, as we do each and every Monday morning, and it doesn't just have to be rugby league because there was a heap of sport played across the weekend. Obviously, yes, we had the rugby league, and we'll get stuck into our wrap in just a second, but we had the cricket, which we'll get to. The first round of the AFL as well, the A-League. Disappointing performance from Sydney FC. Good win for the Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, overseas sports, EPL. And there's probably one I'm missing, racing as well. So I want your outstanding performance of the weekend. Uh, and you can give me a couple. You can give me one from rugby league and one from another sport if you want. Your most disappointing performance of the weekend. And also the surprise performance of the weekend. What result over the course of the weekend, whether it be in rugby league or somewhere else, caught you by surprise? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 What performance... Caught you by surprise. What was the most outstanding performance? What was the most disappointing performance across the weekend in rugby league or any other sport? one 1170 or 0457-736-736. Now on Tradies, the NRL wrap. But let's get stuck into round three of the National Rugby League. Another really entertaining round. And I have to say... Over the first few rounds of the NRL, and we all love watching the rugby league, but I think it's been a quality standard. Uh, yes, there's been some scrappy games, but for the most part, it's been very good standard this early on in the season. Um, so you can text me in, call me in, best or most outstanding, most disappointing, and the surprise result of the weekend. Let's go through uh, the results and some of the key talking points. We talked about Manly 34 over Parramatta 30. On Friday morning, that game, of course, was played on Thursday night. A lot of talk about Parramatta over the weekend. Their players saying, no need to be worried um, for their fans at this stage. We know they have Penrith on Thursday, uh, which will be very, very interesting. And then they've got the Roosters in a couple of weeks' time. But as I said on Friday, they haven't been that far off the mark, have they? They've only been losing by four points, but they have, uh, have a real possibility of going... Zero and five over the course of the next fortnight. They also could go three and two. So Parramatta fans, after the weekend, you heard your team saying, don't worry, how are you feeling? Manly fans, 
I think we'll be pretty happy with how their team has played. Obviously, had the bye in round two, but how their team played in round one and round three. Uh, let's have a look at the other games, though, that we haven't had a chance to talk about. Let's go back to Friday night and the Dolphins, three from three, 36 points to 20 winners over the Newcastle Knights. Um, who would have thought three weeks ago we were talk- we would be talking about the Dolphins going into a game this Friday night against the Broncos unbeaten, who are also unbeaten themselves. We'll talk about them in just a second. This game again, uh, back and forth a little bit before the Dolphins ran away with it. The Knights did well. Look, we know the Knights obviously had that gutsy win against the West Tigers last Sunday at Leichhardt Oval. But they did very well, uh, the Knights, considering the number of players they had out. I mean, at one stage, you thought they could go on to win the game. But the Dolphins, just too good. And I think I've said a few times, I think we've potentially underestimated this Dolphins side. Well, I think we've definitely underestimated this Dolphins side. And all roads leading to Friday night for their game against the Brisbane Broncos. It is going to be one hell of a game. One potentially bad thing for the Dolphins, though, Felice Cafusi um, out, well, not out, but has been charged and is looking at a few weeks on the sideline. I think he's going to fight that, but he would be a big loss if Cafusi cannot play for the Dolphins. We've seen what have done, he's done in the opening few games for the Dolphins, and that would be a big loss for them heading into the game against the Brisbane Broncos. For the Newcastle Knights, they showed bits and pieces throughout the game. Um, they need a lot of their stars back. Still not obviously sure when Catelyn Ponga will return, and a few others out as well long term. So we'll have to see, wait and see what happens with the Knights as they continue to go on throughout the season. But the Dolphins, three from three, um, and top of the table at uh, the moment. Well, second on the table, just behind the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, so good win by the Dolphins. Did anyone have them to be three from three and sitting second after three weeks? Uh, the other game on Friday, this was an interesting one in front of 36 and a bit thousand at Arlington Stadium. The Roosters 20 over the South Sydney Rabbitohs 18. Um, you thought when South Sydney got out to a 10-0 lead very early on that it could really be anything. They looked very good, the Rabbitohs, in the opening 10 or 15 minutes of that match. And then the Roosters just seemed to click into gear. Brandon Smith, who has had an interrupted couple of first games for the Roosters since he made the move to the Storm, got that first try and then they scored again soon after uh, through some nice play by Luke Keary to that kick for uh, Daniel Tupo. And really, second half, the Roosters pretty much dominated. Uh, South, though, managing to get a try just towards the end. And you thought with one minute to go, we've seen this before, uh, South Sydney and the Roosters, uh, getting last-minute tries. But the Roosters, too good. And it was a bit of a surprising performance by the Roosters because you look at their first two matches against the Dolphins and then the Warriors, albeit they did win that Warriors match. But they look very short of their best. Uh, but the inclusion of Hargraves and Brandon Smith definitely uh, helping them out. And it's remarkable, Jadria Hargraves, who's, what, 33, 34 years of age, more than likely in his last year, Still has so much impact on that Roosters side. Uh, so well done to the Roosters. That was a very good win against South. And for South Sydney, um, one from three, lost to Penrith last week, uh, won in their first game. Um, and we're looking, as I say, pretty comfortable early on in that game on Friday night against the Roosters. Where do you put Souths at the moment? No doubt when they are at their best, they're very, very hard to beat. One of the better teams in the competition. But... Again, and, and we've seen this a bit from them over the past few years. Look, they've been a very good side, made the grand final back in 2021. But some silly errors, 
Um, and there is, I don't know, there's just some, obviously some silly areas, silly penalties given away by South Sydney as well. And they do seem to be easily distracted. Now, obviously that game uh, with the Roots is always very heated. But where do you put Souths at the moment? One from three. And this weekend, they are, they are playing the Manly Sea Eagles, which is not going to be an easy game for them either. As I said, after 10 or 15 minutes, you thought Souths could post a score against the Roosters, but a really good comeback by the Roosters. Where do you put Souths? Where do you put the Roosters after those first three games? In my eyes, they're both still premiership contenders, but what about you? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Good win by the Roosters. Now, on Saturday... Very high-scoring match. Gold Coast Titans 38 over the Melbourne Storm 34. Two losses in a row by the Melbourne Storm. We saw them lose quite comfortably to the Bulldogs last Saturday. And then the Saturday just gone, Titans managing to score 38 points. Now, admittedly, the Storm did score 34 points of their own. But we've been talking about it over the past 10 or so days, where this Storm side is in the makeup of the competition in 2023, got that golden point win in the first round against Parramatta, but have looked far from their best over the past couple of weeks. Now, they do still have a lot of big names out. No Cam Munster, no Nelson Osofa-Solomona, no Ryan Pappenhausen, amongst others. But in previous years, the Storm could be missing a couple of their stars and probably still be able to beat a side like the Gold Coast Titans, who was without one of their main players, Sam Verrills, as well. So where do you put Melbourne this year? Are they going to be able to win enough games before? I know Munster was not too far away, but are they going to win enough games before Munster, Asafa Solomona, Pappenhausen come in? And then, albeit, they won't be, hit, won't be hit by origin inclusions as much as previous years, but they're still, still going to disrupt them when we get to that state of origin period. 0457 736 736 or 1300 011 Are the Storm a chance of, I know we're only three weeks in, but are the Storm a chance of missing the top eight? Do you have them in the top eight, but maybe not premiership contenders? Or is it a bit too early to tell? I still think it is too early to tell because when they get their full strength side on the field, you never know what's going to happen. But at the moment, the Storm in just a little bit of trouble and the Gold Coast Titans. Two from three, lost that game to the Dragons last weekend. But a good win against a Tigers side, who we'll get to in a second, a good win against the Tigers side in round one. And then uh, you won't win many games when you're conceding 34 points. But to beat Melbourne, it's a good start to their home. Uh, that was their first home game, their home run this year. Well done to the Gold Coast Titans, 38 points to 34 over the Melbourne Storm on Saturday afternoon. Warriors 26 defeated the North Queensland Cowboys 12. Um, the Cowboys, to me, don't quite look the side of last year. Uh, of course, they won the... Uh, well, they made it to the preliminary final last year, which caught everyone by surprise. But the Warriors, really impressive. I saw them firsthand last weekend at Allianz Stadium in the loss to the Roosters, but they still looked good. They fought hard. And then their performance on Saturday night against the Cowboys was one of the better performances you'll see by the Warriors for a long time. New coach Andrew Webster has definitely helped that along the way. So a good win by the Warriors, 26 points to 12. But the Cowboys just a bit off the pace early start to the season. 
They've got the side, no doubt, that can turn it around. But even in their first game where they won against the Raiders, where they led 18-0 early on, and you even remember the game last week against the Brisbane Broncos. They were pretty good in that first half, but just seemed to be a little off the pace at the moment. And have the Warriors turned things around in 2023? Can they be a serious finals contender for the first time in a long time? Warriors 26, North Queensland 12. And then the other game on Saturday night, Broncos 40 over the Dragons 18. Now, I would say that scoreline probably doesn't reflect on the game itself. Um, it was 18 all with a long, with not long to go at all. Uh, I thought the Dragons, for the most part, played some pretty good footy. But I tell you what, when the Broncos turned it on in that last 10 or so minutes, they looked scary. Uh, Reese Walsh at the back, they looked very, very scary. And that's what they can do to teams if they are playing their best football. I know they had a pretty poor end to last year, but they've done more than enough, I think, to convince a lot of people that they're going to be a very, very hard team to beat right throughout this season. And the Dragons, look, you'd be disappointed that the last 10 or 15 minutes wasn't that good, but I still think they showed signs of competing against some of the big sides this year. Um, As I say, I don't think that scoreline really reflected the game but the Broncos definitely the better team and deserve to win. But they're going to be very hard to beat. And as I say, that sets up a wonderful match uh, on paper, at least this coming Friday against the Dolphins. I think there's only a thousand tickets remaining, maybe less now. Broncos 40, Dragons 18. Do you throw the Broncos into a premiership contender now? They probably weren't in many people's premiership contenders list at the start of the season. But I think they might have to be there now. Uh, 40 points to 18. And then yesterday, uh, Bulldogs 26 over the West Tigers 22. Now, this was a weird game. Firstly, if you were at Belmore Oval yesterday, love to hear from you. one 300 or 0457-736-736. Looked like an awesome atmosphere uh, between the Bulldogs and the Tigers yesterday. And the Bulldogs, for... 60 minutes of that game controlled it very nicely. We're leading 26 points to six. And you thought they have this game wrapped up. Not an issue. And then the Tigers, three tries in four minutes. And I think a lot of Tigers fans probably thought, where has this been for the opening two and a half games? They turned it on. Brendan Waker, when he came onto the field, and they made that switch. David Nofaluma was the man who had to go off the field. But he did make a difference to that Tigers side. But then... Again, really what happened after they scored those three really good tries in four minutes, they went back to almost back to how they were playing for the 60 minutes before that and how they were playing last week against the Newcastle Knights. For five minutes there, they looked like a very good footy side and they did show in that period of time that they are capable of playing good footy. But where was that for the other 75 minutes of the game? And the Bulldogs, whilst they'll be disappointed that They conceded those late tries. They did pretty well at the end to play smart football um, to try and keep the Tigers out from getting another try to send it to Golden Point or potentially get the win with the converted try. Great atmosphere at Belmore Oval and the Bulldogs now two wins in a row. And after a shaky start against the Manly Seagulls in week one, their past two weeks, apart from the five minutes yesterday against the Tigers, very impressive. Tigers fans, do you feel any better about your team after what you saw yesterday in the last 20 or so minutes? 
as I said, they played really good footy for about five or six minutes, attacking footy, exciting footy, and then they seemed to go just back to back to how they were playing. 26 points to 22, the Bulldogs over the Tigers. And the last game last night, Canberra getting their first win over the Cronulla Sharks. Canberra 24 over Cronulla 20. Another close game to finish off the round. Canberra always hard to beat in um, Canberra. Uh, unfortunately, uh, injury, a broken jaw for Danny Levi, which is disappointing for the Canberra Raiders, which soured that win a little bit. But 24 points to 20 in the Sharks. They got that win over the Eels last weekend, but they're another team, a bit like the Cowboys, and now they haven't had Nico Hines, to be fair. But they're another team, a bit like the Cowboys, who finalists last year just seem a bit off the mark again, a bit like the Cowboys this year. It's a close game. It was only four points behind um, in the end when the Raiders winning it, with the Raiders winning it, 24 points to 20. But where do you throw the Sharks and the Cowboys now? 0457-736-736 and throw the eels into that as well. Or one 300 So the competition later after three rounds, Broncos, Dolphins, Manly all leading the way on six points. The Warriors are in fourth on four points. The Panthers, the Titans, the Roosters, the Bulldogs make up the top eight all on four points. The Dragons just out of the top eight on four and against on four points. And then we've got a host of teams on two points. Souths, Canberra, Sharks, Storm, Knights and Cowboys. And the Eels and the Tigers last on zero points. And looking ahead to next weekend, it's all on again on Thursday night. The Eels take on the Panthers. Grand final rematch from last year, and what an important game that is for the Parameterials to get their first win of 2023. Then on Friday, the Storm take on the Tigers in Melbourne, uh, and the Dolphins will host the Broncos. I think that's the one. We're all looking forward to on Friday night, the Queensland Derby. And then Saturday, three games. Cowboys up against the Titans. Rabbitohs will host Manly. In fact, two games on Saturday. Cowboys, Titans, Rabbitohs, Manly. Because three games on Sunday. Warriors up against the Bulldogs at Mount Smart Stadium. The Knights will play the Raiders. And the final game of next weekend is the Dragons and the Sharks. The Roosters have the bye. So your thoughts on all of that. Your outstanding performance from the weekend in the NRL or any other sport. We'll get to some other sports shortly. Your most disappointing performance and your surprising performance of the weekend in sport in rugby league. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And if you were out at Belmore Oval this morning, uh, yesterday, and you're up nice and early this morning, we'd love to hear from you. The atmosphere looked amazing. I think just over 16,000 people there at Belmore Oval yesterday afternoon. 1300 01 1170, 0457 736 736. Back with your calls, your texts, and we'll have a chat with Chris Perkins on the other side of this in America. It is 19 and a half past five in New South Wales, 19 and a half past four in Queensland. Yeah, good to have your company. Coming up to 24 past five in New South Wales, 24 past four in Queensland. We're going to have a chat with Chris Perkins in just a second. Just before that, though, the cricket overnight. Um, India, off their 26 overs, all out for 117. Australia winning by 10 wickets, uh, 121 runs. They got that off just 11 overs, uh, which is quite remarkable. Steve Smith and the stand-in skipper, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but one of the best catchers you'll ever see. And then Mitch Marsh, Another really, really good innings uh, by him. As I said, India bowled out for 117. That is its third lowest one-day international total against Australia and fourth lowest total in Indian soil. Uh, A bit of rain overnight. And then Mitch Marsh, very good uh, once again. 
uh, in that run chase where they did not lose a wicket Australia. So that'll give them a lot of confidence that series is now tied at one all uh, heading into the final match. Mitch Marr, 66 not out. Travis Head, 51 not out. So Australia, really, really good against India. India all out for 117 and Australia winning by 10 wickets, getting those runs in just 11 overs. And we'll have a chat with Andrew Mensel Menas a bit later on in the week to get his thoughts on the series so far and preview that final one at day. 0457 736 736 is our text number. You can call 1300 01 1170. Asking you this morning uh, the best, the out, most outstanding performance from the weekend. Also, the most disappointing performance from the weekend. And also the most surprising performance of the weekend. Doesn't just have to be rugby league, can be anything. A few texts there, I'll get to them shortly. 0457 736 736 is our text number, or you can call the open line 1300 01 1170. It's 25 and a half past five in New South Wales, 25 and a half past four in Queensland. Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. Yes, and seeing it's a Monday morning, usually uh, usually it has to be said during the NFL season, as I welcome Chris Perkins in, uh, we don't have a Monday show. Then uh, with the EPL, quite often uh, we're only on air for half an hour, but I thought we've got a bit more extra time at the moment, so we'll have a chat with Chris Perkins, who is on the line from America. Chris, uh, happy Monday over here. Still Sunday over there, though. Yeah, still Sunday afternoon. I'll let everybody in on a little secret. Mm. Uh, you were able to get me on because, in all honesty, I have no life. I, don't <laughs> mind, uh, I, I, I can spare the the few minutes at, at an unexpected day. Well, I'm glad you can uh, do that. And I'm sure that is not true. I'm sure you have a very, very interesting life, Chris. L- let, me tr- let me assure you, I have absolutely no life. Well, uh, well, I'm glad we can uh, <laughs> help you uh, over the course of uh, these next 10 or uh, so minutes. A lot happening over the weekend, of course, but you wanted to talk firstly about MLS. And we were having a bit of a chat about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, and football, you know, around the world, uh, the number one sport, the number one code, especially in the European nations. Um, in Australia, it's Obviously huge when we get towards a World Cup and we saw what the Socceroos did uh, last year and uh, the local A-League is prominent but it's definitely behind the AFL and the NRL in terms of football codes here in Australia. But uh, the MLS, firstly, how is that travelling? And I know your team had a very, very good weekend. Uh, Yeah, through match day four and and my team, the team that I am passionately behind St. Louis City SC. Of course, finally St. Louis, after almost 30 years, gets an MLS team. They still haven't lost yet. Ooh. They, they uh, made history Saturday night on a frigid, and by frigid, I mean kickoff temperature was minus three Celsius mm. on Saturday That's night. That's cold. Didn't matter. Capacity crowd, over 22,000 mm. in City Park saw St. Louis beat San Jose 3-0. And it was probably the best performance City has had so far this year. They've gone behind in their first three games, rallied back to win all three of them. Mm. Saturday night, there was no drama like that. It was a comprehensive beatdown by St. Louis City. But the history was made because they became the first MLS expansion team ever to win their first four games with the win on Saturday night against San Jose. They're top of the Western Conference. They're five clear at the top of the Western Conference. 
with a plus seven goal differential. Not something you expect to see from an expansion team that was cobbled together from a lot of spare parts from other places. Uh, but, you know, they, they have been put together and they have gelled pretty much instantly into a really, really good side uh, that's not going to be able to sneak up on anybody. That is very interesting. For the rest of the season. Yeah, that's very interesting you say that because here in the NRL and uh, Rugby League, we've had uh, the expansion side, I suppose you I would call them, uh, added to the competition this year and the Dolphins who are based up in Queensland. And no one uh, really gave them much of a chance to do much this season. A lot of people were tipping them to come last and then... Uh, some people were thinking that they wouldn't come last. I was one of the people that thought they wouldn't come last, but they wouldn't uh, be in the finals or anything like that. But they're three games in and have won all three games. Uh, so interesting the stories being sort of replicated on this side of the world as to what's happening over there. And I, I tell you what, Chris, 22,000 people minus three, uh, minus three, I know and I understand uh, people over overseas are used to the cooler weather more than we are here, but... That is an impressive crowd, especially for such a new team as well. Yeah, and it shows really the passion that, that St. Louis has for soccer and, and how long the city has wanted an, a Major League Soccer franchise. Mm. Finally get it, and two home games, two sellouts, it, it has been great. And to see the team succeeding early mm. on, that that's really that's really generating even more passion. And also Saturday night in St. Louis, at the same time, we had an XFL game that had 38,000 at the Ooh. Dome in St. Louis. You know, unfortunately, the Battle Hawks lost to D.C. on Saturday night. But think about this. 60,000 people were in downtown St. Louis Saturday night for two separate sporting events. Uh, just an incredible night of sport in St. Louis. It's pretty impressive. And just before we move on to March Madness, just on uh, the football, you look at how the USA did in last year's World Cup. Um, and I think, I, I don't know, I think if, you, if you're not living in the USA or you, maybe if you're not into and watch football week in, week out, you, everyone was a little surprised how well US, the USA did in last year's World Cup. I, I remember watching uh, the USA play England I think it was a Friday night when I was over in the, there in the UK. And England had just come off a really big win uh, on in the World Cup, their first match. Um, and they won pretty easily. And everyone sort of expected, at least in that part of the world, although they are always a little nervous about how England play, but they mm -hmm. did expect England to win that game pretty easily. And then it was a nil-all draw, and the USA uh, continued on to the next round of uh, the World Cup. Look, they're a good team, the USA, and um, they can continue. And football, it seems, continues to grow over there. Yeah, and we're getting ready to host the World Cup in about yeah. three years as well, co-hosted with Canada and, and Mexico. I uh, saw an interesting story from the Times of London a couple of days ago. Mm. Uh, one of the stadiums that was thought to be uh, a candidate to host the final, SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, uh, turns out they need some work done because under FIFA regulations, it's not big enough. Ooh, to, yes. to hold the World Cup final. So uh, if they expand the size of the field, it wipes out seats. Uh, and down to 70,000, and FIFA wants 80,000 for a final venue. So it uh, could be interesting, although I, I just find it weird. You spend $5 billion on a stadium, you'd think somebody in, the, in Stan Kroenke's organization could read FIFA regulations. 
And of course, they won a FIFA World Cup game. Well, you would think so. And of course, in this part of the world as well, Chris, we've got the Women's World Cup coming up in uh, July, which uh, ever, I think everyone mm-hmm. is looking forward to. It does, to an extent, disrupt uh, uh, the NRL season, where, of course, we're going to have a situation where a lot of our major grounds are out of action for a few weeks, um, I think for a month, um, and we're sort of having to be a bit agile. But I think, honestly, I think for a very good reason, it's the, the big, biggest sporting event coming to this country uh, this year. So really looking forward to that happening in a few months' time. Now, uh, I want to talk to you about Novak Djokovic in a second, but March Madness, what has happened over the weekend in that? Well, uh, it's lived up to its name. Uh, there there were 20 million brackets that yep. were filled out by by uh, on, on ESPN.com by basketball fans. Uh, by Friday night, none of them were perfect. Mm-hmm. By the time Friday night hit, when when Fairleigh Dickinson, the number 16 seed, upset number one seed Purdue, only the second time a 16 seed has knocked out a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Shocked the world mm. when when Fairleigh Dickinson pulled that victory off. But, yeah, we have had a ton of upsets. Princeton, Thursday, a 15 seed. They beat Arizona. Turned around yesterday, beat my Missouri Tigers. So they're into the Sweet 16 already. Uh, action going on today. Just had the first game complete uh, of the Sunday action over here, Xavier, number three seed in the Midwest. Uh, they beat uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Panthers 84-73. They play Friday in Kansas City against number two seed Texas in, in the uh, regional semifinals. Still have seven more games left to play today. But, yeah, we've had a, we've had a boatload of upsets and, and even more close calls for high seeds and, and teams that are were thought to be uh, national title contenders uh, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So it's been really fun to watch. It's always unpredictable when you see these small schools go up against the big schools the, with the, the name programs with a lot of legacy and history behind them uh, going up against smaller schools. And the smaller schools, in a lot of cases, they they bring their best because this it, it's a game that can make a program, you know, make a program uh, – become a, a one that's known mm. uh, if you knock off a big school. All right. Very, very interesting as that continues. Now, I saw this story in the paper, uh, Chris, this morning. Novak Djokovic and tennis uh, here, obviously we had the Australian Open a couple of months ago, and then it goes quiet until we get towards the French Open, Wimbledon and the US Open. But mm-hmm. a lot of talk about Novak and Grand Slams and all uh, the like. He uh, obviously won the Australian Open a couple of months back, and um, he is now being denied. He's not going to be playing at the Miami Open after failing to receive a waiver to enter the United States, having not been vaccinated, as we are very well aware of, uh, for COVID-19. So tournament director James Blank told the Tennis Channel on Saturday, the world number one, a six-time Miami champion, was denied entry despite the best effort of tournament officials. He said, we did all we could. We tried to talk to the government, but it's out of our hands. We tried and he wasn't able to play. Same result as he had in Indian Wells. Now, the interesting story about this, though, Chris, is that uh, unless something changes dramatically over the next, what, month or two, uh, these rules are going to be lifted or eased um, in May, which is, what, six weeks away, if that, where he will be able to play in the US Open a little later on in the year. I think it's a little silly, and I'm vaccinated against COVID, but I think it's a little silly if the rules are going to be eased anyway in May, surely they could just let him play. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's it's a bit of a weird one. What's your take on it? 
Yeah, or here, here's another thought. Instead of giving him a waiver, how about just lift the rule now? Well, I, if if it's going to be done in in in, it could be done in April, okay. possibly in May. Mm. I if that's if that's the case, if they're not going to extend the rule, why still have the rule? It, it really, honestly, makes no sense. And you know, in the case of Novak not getting to play in two pretty big tournaments, I mean, Indian Wells mm. and Miami are both pretty big deals for for non majors in, in tennis. Why not? You know, just just lift the rule so you know Novak or anybody else who wants to come into the United States uh, who's not vaccinated, allow them to do so. If you're going to lift the rule anyway, in in three or six weeks or whatever the timetable is, right? I I, I think it is a little bit silly uh, to to wait another whatever amount of time to lift the rule. Just just lift it now and you know let's get back to normal. It would be one of the only places that I can think of in the world that still has really any rules in place uh, due to COVID. I'm sure there are some other places around the world that do, but uh, yeah, the USA, one of the only places that I can think of, and it'll be interesting just from a sporting point of view, obviously, once we get to the French Open, Wimbledon and the US Open, just how many tournaments uh, and Grand Slams Novak can win uh, this year. He was pretty good at the Australian Open. He's going to be hard to beat in a lot of those other tournaments. Um, Of course, you never know. There's a lot of good players around, but if he plays his best... Uh, it's going to be one very interesting uh, watch. And hopefully, as you say, Chris, he will be featuring at the U.S. Open much later on in the year. Yeah, and he, he should be able to. I mean, uh, unless, of course, the government cha- you know, changes its mind and, and extends the rules, which isn't out of the realm of possibility. I mean, I, when, when, do, when have we ever seen governments really act <laughs> logically? Uh, that seems to be a worldwide phenomenon. It does. It does. Chris, great stuff. Great to chat early on a Monday morning here. Sunday, uh, is it Sunday afternoon, Sunday night there? Yeah, Sunday afternoon. It's about uh, about 20 to 2 here in oh, the Midwest. Very nice. Midwestern United States. So, very nice. uh, enjoying a cold, brisk Sunday afternoon in, when it's almost spring. It definitely doesn't feel like it, though. No, well, it's autumn here, and it was 35 degrees yesterday at Belmore Oval when the Bulldogs were playing the Tigers, so uh, the season's not quite changing yet, but they will at some point. Chris, great stuff. We will chat later on in the week. All right, you have a good day. You too, mate. Chris Perkins in America, always good to have a chat with him. And when we do have the full hour on a Monday, we'll get Chris on uh, most Mondays uh, just to have a bit of a more of a lengthy chat uh, with him. It is 21 minutes to 6, 21 to 5. I'll get to your text in just a second. Uh, just this interesting story on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald this morning. Interested to get your take on this. Ryan Madison. Now, we, now we know he missed uh, has missed the first three games of the season for the Eels. But Parramatta have defended... Ryan Madison's decision to accept a three-match ban instead of paying a $4,000 fine, which has since conceded with the club needing to defy a 90-year record unless they avenge last year's grand final loss to the Eels. Now, Madison, who has paid around $600,000 a year, defended his decision at the time with the club's appeal of a one-day time frame to enter his plea dismissed by the NRL two months later. So Rooster star Brandon Smith Join the likes of Andrew Johns, Aaron Woods, and Nathan Hunmarsh in criticising Madison's decision, saying I wouldn't be able to walk into training knowing I had done that. But Eels teammate Dylan Brown questioned the time frame Madison was given after their grand final loss, which coincided with a public holiday and Parramatta fan day, prompting a two-hour extension from the NRL. Now, Brown said, obviously we make fun of him about it, 
But at the same time, no one knows what he was going through at the time when he made the decision. I'm sure things would have been racing through his mind after the grand final. He would have had no idea what was going on. I'm pretty sure they rushed him into making the decision, which I personally don't agree with, but it's hard to make a decision at the time. Whatever the reason was, I'm sure it was valid for him and his family. We support him either way, and it's good to have him back now. Uh, the NRO head of football, Graham Annesley, said Parramatta are welcome to make a submission for post-grand final charge responses being extended, but said the Madison matter had followed the same process as any other charge throughout the season. So Madison back, still, yeah, a weird one, taking the, uh, taking the suspension instead of the $4,000 fine. Anyways, back for Parramatta this weekend. After the break, we'll get to your text. The best, the most outstanding, the most disappointing the most surprising result of the weekend in rugby league and in any sport. 0457 736 736, our text number. Or you can call the open line 1300 01 1170 to your text. Your call's next. Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy not too far away. Patton Heels at 6am local time. Queensland time. You'll get the first hour of Vossie and Brandy. Are your texts 0457 736 736. You can jump on the open line as well. Have your say. 1300 01 1170. This from Razor in Brisbane. He says, morning. Is the guy who puts Queensland two o'clock games on during the summer uh, the same guy employed to synchronise traffic lights? How long before a player gets heat stroke? Three hours after game time, a grey cloud formed and the temp dropped when the Brisbane Lions were thrashed. We'll go through the AFL scores in just a second as well from the weekend. But it was interesting, wasn't it, to see all three games of Super Saturday in the NRL played in Queensland. Uh, and, of course, with the time difference at the moment, as Razor just said, 2 o'clock, 4.30 and 6.30. Um, I have no issue with three games being in Queensland on Saturday. I think it would be great to see more of it, and we probably will now with the added team in Queensland. I did, though, find it a little odd. And, look, it's been hot in Sydney across the weekend as well. We saw that with the game at Belmore yesterday between the Bulldogs and the West Tigers where there was a drinks break. I'm pretty sure there's a drinks break on Friday night in that Roosters-Souths game as well. But... That early on in the season, uh, in round three, and look, I was up in Brisbane uh, for Magic Round last year, and it was warm. It was warm. Oh, well, it rained a couple of days, which helped, but the Sunday where it was um, sunny, that was middle of May, it was still very hot. Um, so I, I do think it's a little strange playing three games in Queensland at the very start of the season where not only is it still very warm, but you've also got to contend with the fact that you were playing an hour earlier as well. I, I understand the text, uh, Razor. As I say, no issue with the games being in Queensland. I think it was fantastic to see. But it would have been extremely warm, wouldn't it? Uh, I don't know if anyone went to any of those games that is listing. That can uh, flick me a quick text, 0457 736 736. It was, to me, just a bit of weird scheduling. Uh, just before I get back to your text, in the AFL as well uh, this weekend, uh, Richmond, we talked about it on Friday morning, Richmond and Carlton had a 58-all draw. Still a lot of talk about should extra time be brought back into or brought into AFL. Uh, other games across the weekend, uh, Collingwood 125 over Geelong, 103. North Melbourne 87, defeated West Coast 82. Port Adelaide over the Brisbane Lions, Port Adelaide 126 over the Brisbane Lions, 72. Uh, Melbourne, Melbourne had a good win over the Bulldogs. Melbourne 115 to the Bulldogs, 65. The Swans, very big win against the Gold Coast on Saturday night, 16-14, uh, 110 against the Gold 
Gold Coast 9-7-61. GWS had a come from behind win yesterday against Adelaide. Good win uh, for them. Good way for the Giants to start their season amount. I think I saw on uh, social media about 7,000 people there uh, yesterday afternoon. GWS 15-16-106 over Adelaide 12-18-90. And then the other games, Essendon over Hawthorne 124-65. And St Kilda had a good win over Fremantle 67 to 52. Round two of the AFL begins on Thursday night when Carlton play Geelong. Back to the text 0457 736 736. Best performer of the weekend are the big fella himself, Jared Rear Hargraves. This is from the Trookman. What a game off the bench. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. He was sensational. Um, I said at the top of the show, if you just tuned in, it's he's what, 33, 34 years of age, more than likely in his last year uh, playing the NRL, but it is. A credit to him how much of a difference he makes coming off the bench. And probably a little worrying for the Roosters when they do lose Jared. I know they've uh, signed Spencer Linu, but uh, he's a fantastic uh, player. He also says, I've never seen a Storm team leak so many points. No, 38 points. Uh, yeah, worrying times for them. Uh, Warriors rolling the Cowboys was a huge surprise. That from the Chookman. Yeah, I thought the Cowboys were going to get them in North Queensland as well. But the Warriors seem to have something about them this year, but it's still very, very early uh, days. And Jason says, Dan, looking forward to seeing the Melbourne Storm at Olympic Park this Friday night where they take on the West Tigers. Yes, they'll need to turn things around though, Jason, but uh, they have got a pretty good chance you would feel against the West Tigers. Keep those texts rolling in. 0457 736 736, our text number. We can call the open line. 1300 01 1170. It's 10 to 5. 10 to 6 in New South Wales. 10 to 5 in Queensland. Uh, thank you for your text, Kingswood Welder. Uh, yes, he's looking forward to the Queensland derby. And Race has been back in saying it was so hard to breathe just walking up the stairs and I'm pretty fit in terms of uh, being at the football in Queensland over the course of the weekend. We'll talk EPL tomorrow with John Gallo. Some big wins though amongst some interesting results to Newcastle, Leeds and Arsenal over the weekend. So we'll talk about that tomorrow with John Gallo. In the A-League this weekend, Adelaide United defeated Wellington Phoenix uh, 5-1 on Friday night. Uh, we saw Brisbane roll 1-0 over Western United. Newcastle Jets and Perth Glory played out a two-all draw. Western Sydney Wanderers 4 over Sydney FC nil. Disappointing result for Sydney FC. Good win for the Wanderers. Melbourne victory 2 defeated the Central Coast Mariners nil. And MacArthur and Melbourne City had a one-all draw. As I say, we'll talk all things football with John Gallo on the show tomorrow morning. Coming up on Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy, Cameron Smith will join them for the last hour uh, to review everything of round, round 3 in the National Rugby League. David Riccio with the latest NRL headlines. And the boys will have a look at the other big results in sport over the week. Can Queensland listeners, you'll get the first hour of that. Then Patton Hills along for you. I'll catch you tomorrow morning from 5am. Have a great Monday.